The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. you guys welcome to the untamed and unashamed podcast this is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability compassion and openness that we can muster along with the help of guests from all walks of life we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts i'm jade bryce and i'm so happy that you're here Today, we're having on a certified Reiki master teacher, sound healing practitioner, heart meditation guide, and mindset coach. His practice is centered around a transformative 10-week online mentorship program to help you overcome the blockages, overwhelm, and limiting beliefs that have been holding you back from a life of impact and purpose. He holistically combines heart-connecting meditation and breathwork with the action-oriented approach of mindset coaching to rewire your subconscious behaviors and empower you to transform your life. A former NYC creative director from Vogue, Apple, Hugo Boss, Coach, among others, Philip now has created a program that systematically helps ambitious, conscious entrepreneurs shift the old paradigms that no longer serves them and humanity so that they can help build the new earth. His methods have transformed his own life from dis-ease into ease, holistically overcoming his own Graves autoimmune disease that left him with permanently crossed eyes. Now, 100% committed to helping heart-centered entrepreneurs activate their purpose so they can better serve themselves and the world with their unique gifts. Please help me welcome Philip Attar to the show. Hi. (laughs) It's so so, wonderful to connect. Yeah, I'm so excited to dig into so many of these topics with you. Um, I wanted to start, though, with your journey from dis-ease into ease. Um, I know that you had a condition and uh, I'd love to hear about that, how you um, you know, shifted out of that dis-ease and then also just the highs and lows that brought you to the work that you're doing. Oh, that's always one of my, that question always kind of hits really home to me because I'm a, well, like right now I'm a coach, practitioner, healing practitioner mindset coach, and I help people with meditation connect to their heart. But the journey for me began when I actually um, was diagnosed with a disease, uh, Graves disease and Graves ophthalmopathy. 
It's an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid where the thyroid is imbalanced and then your body can't, can't um, regulate the hormones in your body, in, mm. your, in what they call in the East, your throat chakra. And right, mm. But all the chakras now that we know with modern science, they're actually aligned with seven different glands in the body that emit different hormones and chemicals based on how balanced that gland is. And then each gland is designated to different uh, physical or emotional conditions and responses in the body. So then those are seven chakras. So it's like my throat chakra was closed, or as I like to say now, my thyroid wasn't mm. functioning properly. And long story short, geez, where do I start with this one? You know, any disease, you know, the word disease comes from mm -hmm. disease. Your body mm -hmm. is not at ease. And mm -hmm. in modern culture, we don't really recognize that. You're like, you're diseased. Go to the doctor, get some medication, get something taken out of your body. And what happened to me is my eyes were starting to bulge out of my head, like mm. literally um, in 2010. And it happened after and during I was I was in a, in a at the beginning of beautiful marriage, but it, you know we were going through a lot of trauma at the time in that, those years. You could say that was our awakening at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And f I'll say fortunately, because now we're very dear friends, but we went through a tremendous amount of trauma and inflicted a lot of physical, honestly violent, mm -hmm. verbally and physical abuse on each other. And mm -hmm. it was a very violent marriage. It was. We were that couple in the subway that people would call the cops on because they were afraid one of us would throw it, throw each mm. other off the, off the platform. So it was really hard. Uh, my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, was was kind of suffering and dying from cancer. Um, we were both manic depressive and disconnected from our careers. We both mm. worked in kind of luxury branding. And after 16 years, for me at the time, I was disillusioned with it in New York City. It just mm. wasn't bringing me fulfillment. Um, I had a very successful career as a creative director, like made all the money, had the house in Connecticut, the apartment in the West Village it was very like, you know, the car, the wife, I had the things, mm -hmm. um, didn't really want for anything, but the disease in my own identity, and I didn't know it at the time, what was happening with trauma from childhood, it just built up as disease in the body. Mm -hmm. And then literally, I remember one time after a huge manic episode, a massive fight that my wife and I had at the time, and we've had thousands of fights up to that moment, to be honest with you. Um, I just was in the woods in Connecticut and we were there and I screamed out of the top of my lungs. Mm. Like I was just in the woods going like, what the fuck happened to my life? Like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. um, I stopped working at the time. I didn't like my job, even though I had all the best jobs in New York as a creative director in fashion, like the top ones. I still wasn't happy. A very unhappy marriage. My mother-in-law dying from cancer. I was burning through savings, just trying to take care of us because my wife wasn't working either and it was expensive living in Connecticut and mm -hmm. <laughs> New York City. And I just screamed out of the top of my lungs one day. And then I woke up two weeks later and my left eye was literally wouldn't, you know, like you, you take this for granted. Like you close your eyes and you open them and you can see straight. <laughs> close your eyes, mm -hmm. open them, you see straight. Mm -hmm. Take it for granted. And I closed my eyes one morning, you know, I was sleeping. I opened my eyes. My left eye was stuck down, mm. like just the left eye. And it, it was like stuck for like five seconds. Mm. And then it slowly went up. And then I was like, what is that? Like, I just didn't even know what it was. And I was freaking out. 
my contact lenses wouldn't stick to my eye. Then like a week or two, week and a half after that, then the, the happened to the right eye, but the right eye was up mm. and the left eye was down. And then weeks later, it was stuck like that. Wow. And then a month or two, three months later, they start to push out of my eye. And then I got checked with an endocrinologist and doctor. And what was happening was the um, muscles, there's four muscles in your eye, right? All four sides, top, bottom, left, right. Mm -hmm. um, I forget which one it was. I think it was the bottom left and the top right were inflamed so much that it was pulling and pushing the eye out. Mm. That makes sense. Like it was just inflamed. Mm -hmm. So because it was bigger, it's mm -hmm. pushing the eye out. Then over months, it became like six millimeters out of my eye socket. Oh, wow. And then it was like that permanently. Mm. And then the doctors diagnosed it with Graves, Graves ophthalmopathies, the eye pushing out. They recognized that I was a smoker then for like 15 years. I don't know, 20, long time. Mm -hmm. Then they said, if you're a male, this the, the eye disease is rare for a male unless you smoke. Then it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the percentage was. 61% more that you would potentially get it. I quit cold mm -hmm. turkey that day. And then um, that began a journey into a lot of shadow, a lot mm. of darkness. I felt deformed, like literally. Mm. I felt my vanity was also affected. I was like, I used to be a creative director in fashion, you know, I had, I had a certain image of myself. And then it was mm -hmm. like in months, it was just shattered, obviously ego. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of dove me into my heart. So mm. that was the beginning of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so do you feel that the screaming in the forest was some sort of a, almost like it happened two weeks later. Do you feel like that had anything to do with it? Like, oh, you, almost like you were crying out for help from, from source or from spirit, or even like trying to clear up that throat chakra that you spoke of. Um, so yeah. What was, how do you connect those two events? It was 100% aligned in my work. Now, my work with clients is to, you know, if they're suffering from either a physical disease, mental disease, or environmental disease, or manifestation disease, like disease in their own life, money, mm -hmm. career, physical disease, cancer, like I have clients mm -hmm. in any facet of their life. Um, my first role with them is to get them into a state of ease. That's mm -hmm. it. Disease, state of ease. That's mm -hmm. it. That's the first job. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't recognize it at the time, but stress, like stress is friction on the cells. That's mm -hmm. literally what's happening. There's other biochemical reactions that are interacting with the body and cortisol stress hormone is spiking, you know, and this dopamine is lowering. So you don't feel as happy. You get depressed, you know, you mm -hmm. feel compressed, you feel sad, you feel heavy, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these are frequencies, but that if you look at like stress is literally like, here's your cell. The cells mm -hmm. in your body here's stress mm -hmm. stress is like oh like yeah. and for me at the time i was like what 33 ish just you know decades i was that angry creative director too i was that mm -hmm. honestly i was that asshole that was like my art directors were like you're you're, you're we hate you like mm -hmm. I, I remember one day they were like you're awful and i literally mm -hmm. was like what do you mean i was just didn't know mm -hmm. and all that stress built up where it has to explode like you're compressing these are you know i remember where you, you emailed me something about this but these are universal laws it's compression mm -hmm. right it's physics compression mm -hmm. has to it either will implode or explode mm -hmm. that's all and it just like 
I, I had to let it out. And yeah. then what happened? That wasn't, it, one could say it was a cathartic release, but then it really released the suppressed dis-ease in the cells. And then boom, that's what activates it. And doctors even confirm that on a basic level. They confirm yeah. that stress activates DNA and, and the cells mm -hmm. to actually trigger a disease if you have a genetic predisposition. Yeah. It's the number one killer. Yeah. Exactly. But then doctors are like, you know, they'll prescribe you all these other things. They're like, are you doing anything for your stress? And they'll be like, the stress, yeah. Oh, but that's the number one thing, but you're not offering me anything for that? It's, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I want to um, talk about how Reiki played a role in your healing as well, but maybe you can, um, you know, first go into what Reiki actually is, because a lot of people have a general idea, but not, you know, a full understanding. I love this question too. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I feel Reiki is this number one, you're made of energy and motion. That's just a scientific fact. You're not even solid. Like your cells and your, your molecules and your mm -hmm. atoms are actually vibrating at such a speed and density that you appear, this appears solid. Mm -hmm. But none of it is actually solid. 99.9999% of all, everything in existence that we perceive as solid matter is actually just energy and vibrational particles that are worrying about at such a speed that I'm like, oh, I can touch this glass. I can feel this, this microphone. I can feel my beard. Mm. But it's not solid at all. So it's just energy. In the East, they call that chi or ki mm -hmm. or ka or, you know, life force. Mm -hmm. Reiki is just a Japanese modality that's not even that old. Um, I actually forget, to be honest with you, not even 100 years old. It's like not mm -hmm. even that old. It's just a Japanese modality um, by this man, Yusui, that created his own version of it. As the story goes, he he found it or discovered it from ancient kind of Sanskrit manuscripts. This is like Jesus was working with his hands, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's all chi and life force. And mm -hmm. when you create harmony, if you think about your cells and the atom and how literally 0.0001% of it is the vibrational matter that we perceive as solid, the rest mm -hmm. of it is energy. Well, it's all energy. Mm -hmm. Then what you're doing is you're diving in consciously to that 99.999%. And if you create harmony in that field with a state of being, you're essentially rearranging. I talk about it like a hard drive. I'm also Gen X, so we're like, we still had hard drives back in the day where you had to defragment your computer. I don't think you have to do that. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> aging myself. But you're literally aligning the zeros and ones. Mm. That's it. And when you align the energy in harmony, then the cells that are programmed in a certain way to, to excel or optimize in a state of well-being then it does its job. We don't have to do anything. That's what we do in Reiki. You're, you're essentially creating harmony in your energy by consciously connecting to it, then allowing your body to do what it naturally does, which is heal itself. Mm -hmm. It's even proven in meditation and science now, it's already proven that when your brain enters a theta state, which is from beta, a brainwave state of like, mm -hmm. like right now you and I are in beta, we're mm -hmm. hyperactive, we're alert, alpha, theta, it's in the theta that your immune system kicks in. Mm. That's why we need to sleep. Your, mm. your brain goes into a theta and mm -hmm. then your body is repairing itself at night. So then mm -hmm. you could feel, how do you feel in the morning? Rejuvenated. Yeah. And that rest is necessary. So essentially, even like modern day, there's a new version of it called 
theta healing and all these other mm-hmm. energy modalities, to be honest with you, it's all branding. They just, it's, they all, it's all the same thing. Mm. It doesn't, I don't even use the word Reiki. I took it out of my title because I find it, again, sometimes when things are overly branded, people get confused mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, I don't associate with that image, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what if I took out the name? Then I have clients who are like, oh, yeah, this is working. I'm like, good. See? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I'm doing is teaching people how to connect to their life force, how to tangibly feel it, how to then entrain a new frequency in their brain, body, and cells, and then make active changes because of that connection. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. you can call that Reiki, energy healing, mindset coaching, uh, energy. It's all the same. Yeah. That's beautiful that um, you also do heart breath, which I had been familiar with Reiki. I'm not familiar with heart breath. I don't know if that's a term that you just um, came up with for that specific um, modality or if there's a history to that one, but I'd love to go into what that is. I guess, well, I mean, heart breath is, is my name for it, even though I say I don't want to brand it. I, honestly, I did it to make my lawyer happy. <laughs> she's like, Philip, you have to trademark this. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't need a name. And it's like, it's interesting. It's like, I take the word Reiki out. I'm being totally transparent here. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. like, I take the Reiki out of it. More people are into it. I call it something new. People are like, oh, this sounds new and fresh. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's, I take the word energy healing out of it because that has a certain conception. It's already been... I'll say overly branded and I'll, in all, in my opinion, sometimes not really for the best for all. Mm-hmm. I think when things in our society, we like to segregate modalities and in a way that's a good thing. Cause then people can identify with a modality mm-hmm. over time. I find sometimes that can be a hindrance to a lot of people. Cause then you, if people don't believe in that language, then they don't mm-hmm. want to do it. But yeah, I had, language away. Yeah. I attended Boulder Psychic Institute and I felt like I couldn't tell people, I went there for years. I felt like I couldn't tell people the name of the school because they thought we were working with glass crystal balls, you know, exactly. actual intuition. And so I wanted, I just ended up a lot of the time saying I attended a school for intuitives and then, Bingo. you know, I do some um, coaching and before I would call it I would say they're intuitive soul sessions and it, it did, it scared people away a little bit because I think they, they felt like they had to trust me and my intuition. Whereas when I said it's a coaching program, it's like, then it felt like knowledge instead. So then it felt like more comfortable. So I, yeah, I totally get that. That makes The sense. marketing of it in this industry is really, I mean, in any product or service in this industry, I'll caveat this by saying, of course, I was a creative director for 16, 17 years. So this, mm-hmm. I get it all, right? I've worked with huge brands all over the world. But the marketing of it is such a specific thing, which is why I'm kind of not marketing it with the language, but that's also marketing, right? Yeah. So it's like people, there are still people who want the language of, let's just say the crystals, the Reiki, mm-hmm. the theta healing, the um, psychic intuitive healing or whatnot, mm-hmm. but, and they, they require that language. Beautiful. Now I just look at that. It's different entry points. Mm-hmm. There's a global, I mean, this is given obviously for everyone that follows you and yourself, but mm-hmm. global awakening, there's a global activation here that's happening energetically. And yeah. there's different, let's call it different sectors different mm-hmm. spiritual leaders like yourself that mm-hmm. are leading, but a very specific group of people, instead of there being one prophet, there's like thousands of us and you help a million people. I help a million, someone else mm-hmm. helps, you know, 50,000. And mm-hmm. 
It's the same thing. All it's different residents leading them to the same home. Exactly. Yeah. So in the end, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So let's go into the the heart breath, though. Um, so from what I've read on your site, it's amplifying your heart biofield energy, which is very intriguing. Mm. Well, Reiki... My version of the, it's not, I can't even say it's mine, it's God, it's life force, it's all of ours, but yeah. for me to label it just for discussion, what I've discovered in my practice when I was healing, this is how I healed my body without okay. any medication. My mm -hmm. endocrinologist is still, when I left New York a couple months ago, now I'm nomadic full time, I got one more uh, um, test done after all these years to be like, I'm leaving New York, I just want to make sure that the thyroid issues are still okay. She's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's check. And it was flatline, totally normal. She's like, how the F did you do that? I haven't had one patient that's ever healed naturally without some type of surgery or medication. And what I've recognized in the energy healing that it has to combine heart, mind, and soul. It can't just be spirit only. When I say spirit, the mm -hmm. labeling of something is only energetic outside of you or inside of you. Mm -hmm. It has to be like assimilated. There has to be integration and assimilation. Mm -hmm. You hear this a lot in the Reiki community, people doing Reiki, and I've had other even Christian clients or Christian friends being like, doesn't that bring out the devil in you? I'm like, well, technically, well, yes. And here's cool. why. Yeah, because you're, you're left in your shadow mm -hmm. if you don't know how to process it. You mm -hmm. dive so deep into your energy that then you release so much tension from suppressed energies and thoughts that you have been literally sweeping under the rug for decades. Mm -hmm. And you literally open up that Pandora's box because now you're, you're essentially loose. You're like, you're open you're receiving yeah. God life force. Mm -hmm. And then what happens if your practitioner does not teach you how to deal with those shadows mm -hmm. or the devil, I love language, the devil in ancient Aramaic, all it meant or ancient culture, all it meant was de-evolution. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the, devil. you're de-evolving in consciousness. You're unsent. Mm -hmm. Even the word sin meant misstep in ancient Aramaic. Unsent mm -hmm. misstep doesn't mean like yeah. that. So when you understand that and when you're doing, when you're practicing an energy practice, and if you don't learn to ground yourself and then also work with the cognitive mind, with the open heart, mind and spirit within the somatic body, if you mm -hmm. don't integrate it all, you totally can be lost in your demons. Yeah. Be lost in your trauma. Mm -hmm. You can be lost. Re-traumatization. Exactly. Which is again, mm -hmm. a common psychological understanding. Now you're, mm -hmm. re, you're, you're inviting yourself back into it. And what I, f I won't say what I fear, what I find, the reason also I took the word Reiki out of it, I don't agree with the way it's taught flat out. Even though I mm -hmm. taught from my teacher was beautiful, I wouldn't be where I am without it. But I can still with discernment, look at the industry or the, the, the practice, mm -hmm. a two day session where you get a certificate and no one actually teaches you how to dive into your shadows. I find it a bit shallow. Yeah. It needs to be deeper. It, it needs to be, uh, needs practitioners that have that, commit more and have more training or just commit to their own training on, on their own. Yeah, I think that's key. With any practice. Yeah, a practitioner that holds the appropriate container because exactly. I think a lot of people steer clear of this work because they are afraid that when they look at their shadow, it'll overcome them. And I think that the difference, like that Darth Vader, you know, um, story, but I think that the difference is, is when you have that practitioner or mentor or men's group leader or women's group leader, whoever it is, it's holding the container for you. Um, you know, holding you in that safe space. 
I think that that's when um, you're, because obviously if, if you're with your clients, you're going to be holding them accountable on doing these practices, you know, mm-hmm. and making sure that they have the tools. So I think it's, that is so key, having some sort of mentor or leader um, working with you through these, yeah. that is holding the actual container and not just um, marketing it, doing it, and then moving along. Yeah. And going through all what I what I've defined it, or what most practitioners have defined it, who, who who are really committed to the practice, all three centers of your energetic perception, mind, body, and spirit. You have mm-hmm. to work through all of it, whether it's a three week container or a three month container. In all of my programs, whether it's three week, three months, or one year, we work through the cycle of mind, body, and spirit, so you feel the wholeness and tangible vibration of it within every perception of your life. Then you can dive into the energy, the spirit. You can dive then into the somatic body and feel it and embody it and not run away from it anymore, not bypass it. You can integrate the trauma and be, you're essentially building resilience to the trauma you went through. Then the mind can process it and change perception of your reality, your life, your traumas. And then boom, that's when you shift. That's when you shift your perception, you make changes, you you literally open up a new neural pathway in the cognitive brain and you integrate all of it because all of this is, you know, we talk about this in spirituality, you're just a hologram, but it's all needs to be integrated into all of that light and shadow. And mm-hmm. for anyone to find a practitioner, whoever it is, that can make sure they hold the space for that, then you will not be left in your demons. People finish my three B courses and they're not left in their demons. They're left in their light. They're left mm-hmm. and they're left with shadow, but they're like, I f- this is great. This is part of it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think where I struggle is the mind part. Um, I, I have like, um, an understanding, you know, where I can speak about it, but I'd like to be able to like truly, even just with the books I read, like truly assimilate the information in a way that I can translate it in, into ways, you know, that is useful for others. So yeah. that's where, I feel I'm, um, what I'm striving for right now, currently. Um, oh, that, let me touch on that for one second, because okay. that's actually really important. Mm-hmm. That's what the heart breath is. It's mm-hmm. a somatic embodiment of the cognitive knowledge. That's it. Okay. So we're increasing our biofield energy mm-hmm. while we take in knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we're literally, if I'm going to do an animation of it, it's like mm-hmm. a little animation of you, but you're literally absorbing that into every cell in your body. Mm-hmm. So then you walk in wisdom, no longer knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is embodiment of knowledge. And we're literally, it's a somatic, tangible, physical mm-hmm. process of integrating all the wisdom that we know, all the knowledge that we know about the universal laws, the like, you know, how to dive into your chain energy, but now how to integrate into the body so you feel the trauma, dive into the shadow, can detach from its emotion observe mm-hmm. it with compassion and then shift your mindset of it and then six take action and then boom change your life mm-hmm. so i'll even say that instead of only understanding with the mind i'll say you understand with the mind now it's about somatic embodiment like i watch mm-hmm. your stuff and I've, I've looked at like you understand obviously i mean we're, mm-hmm. we're all here talking together mm-hmm. now it's about somatic embodiment at that stage and that's mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah it does yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it that way prior, but it does that clicked that resonated big time. 
So you have a new project, Algorithm of God, I love that name. Um, and I want to go into that. I want to talk about um, three things. What are codes of consciousness? What are universal laws? And what is spiritual mastery? Because I know that all falls under your um, new project. Um, the algorithm of God, I, uh, it's a name that's stuck. I talk about the algorithm a lot in my work for years. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, it kept clear. I'm like, yeah, it's an algorithm. I mean, this is all code. Like it, yeah. it, it's weird when I talk about it, even with my family, like they're not, you know, they don't quite read this stuff quite yet. Mm -hmm. The family I'm with right now, my cousins and stuff. So when I talk about an algorithm, they're like, whoa, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's all patterns. Like you think you have choice. Here's what I find interesting about the algorithm. We think we have choice. But your choices are based on condition responses that you grew up with acting and reacting to. Those have been pre-programmed based on how you're raised, the environment you're in, based on your parents' choices, their likes and dislikes, their parents' 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 choices, their mm -hmm. likes and dislikes, and all the ease and disease that have been absorbed in their cells, mm -hmm. passed on to your DNA in this timeline. That's programming. We have freedom to a point. You can choose left, you can choose right but you can only choose it within a spectrum of destiny. For example, mm. I have family that, you know, a lot of us are fighters and into martial arts. And okay, and that's my background. Oh, sweet. I didn't know that. Awesome. I was a ring girl for Bellator for five years. Oh my God, sweet. I have family. Yeah, my family manages fighters and stuff like that. Okay, so, well, yeah. maybe I, okay. <laughs> There's probably a circle there. Yeah. They, yeah. they manage some huge fighters, honestly. Okay, maybe, um, yeah, I'll connect and see. <laughs> I, I interview fighters as well, so. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, a lot of my clients, too, are athletes in, in that okay. regard. So. But so there's an algorithm there, like my, my dad and his brothers were boxers, they raised mm -hmm. some of us, and then we got into fighting, I was more of this, I was the skinny ass kid, you know, I was like the skinny one, I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm strong enough for this, my family's beating the shit out of me, um, I'll do Shaolin Kung Fu, it's, it's more into meditation, spirituality, there's a philosophy, and then what am I doing now, do you feel me? It's like, there's an algorithm to the mm -hmm. way that coding is coded, and one of the biggest openings for me into that algorithm was my destiny as a coach, as a, as a practitioner to help people with their identity. Here's mm -hmm. how I can simply break it down. I grew up with trauma and challenge from growing up as, uh, with a lack of identity. I grew up in Canada as a Muslim, Roman Catholic, Iraqi, Filipino, in a Caucasian, Polish, Eastern European community. I, everyone was so defined. They're like, mm -hmm. I'm Polish, I'm Italian, I'm this, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. sure. I don't know. And I, I just didn't have an identity. Some kids even made fun of me and they called me like Paki as a kid. And I laughed at them. I'm like, I'm not even Pakistani. This is kind of interesting. Who am mm -hmm. I? Who are you? Why are you calling me that? And it, mm -hmm. it triggered decades of a lack of identity. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. then, then after that, I recognized that I was craving identity. I wanted to manufacture it because I could see people that were successful or popular. And I'm like, but they have an identity. Is that the key? They're dressing well. They're defined. They're, I see their presence. So what do I go into, long story short? Fashion. Mm. It fed my insecurity of identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I end up working for brands like Club Monaco, Condé Nast, Vogue, build a career out of it, out of mm -hmm. identity. Mm -hmm. And then I found disruption in that where it wasn't deep enough for me. There was, there was a calling that was missing. I was missing that philosophy as a kid in Qigong, Kung Fu, Wing Chun that mm -hmm. I left behind to go for a more um, shallow, let's say, not even shallow, but like, you know, a, a physical, mm -hmm. visual identity mm -hmm. of life. 
dress well, nice car, advertising, New York City, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then what do I go into after now as a coach helping people with their identities? There's a very specific code mm. to someone's purpose, which is what mm. all my programs are about dissecting. It, there's only so much of a path that you can go on. And when you're so aligned, this is what we tapped into my current program, Igniting Purpose. When you're so aligned, you actually don't have much choice anymore. You mm. just follow spirit. And that's a yeah. good thing. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you can, I can't choose to be a football player like my cousin. Do you know what I mean? Like he was. I, can't, mm-hmm. I could not embody that right now. I couldn't choose to be you. You can't choose to be me. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much programming within all of it. And when you can see those codes, you know, you asked me what are codes of consciousness? Consciousness is coded. It is like a program that is iterating into itself. And we are the machine. We are the engine mm-hmm. of creation for it. We're yeah. the we're the ones fractally expanding and making decisions and creating babies and growing into all these exponential fractal directions. Mm-hmm. And it's all a code. Mm-hmm. That's what I call the algorithm of mm-hmm. God. That's so interesting. I'm trying to see that parallel with my story. So I had a very traumatic childhood and didn't have my identity either. Um, you know, very solid at all. Um, And then early 20s, started modeling, modeled for Playboy a dozen times, stayed in the mansion, then was a ring girl. All of those things were about using attraction, you know. And then now, outside of this podcast, what what my passion is, is to work with people, um, especially women, on that inner child wounding, but also what you're attracting into your life and attracting um, a partner that is conscious and doing the work and all those things. So it's still attraction. You mm. know? So I see that, um, you know, that parallel there. Oh, so true. I mean, even the way you, with your femininity and what I see with your, but then you also obviously partner it with intellect and then the mm-hmm. combination of the two and your curiosity is what I also mm-hmm. see in you as well. Mm-hmm. And all of that helping your, your clients or your followers or people that listen to you to help them in their life, you're just a mirror for them. Mm-hmm. They relate on, on a very basic level, they relate to you, but you're mm-hmm. a vibrational match to them. Right. And then there goes the pendulum swing where yeah. you're helping that facet of humanity that mm-hmm. with the wounds that we've had with the feminine, with the old, you know, mm-hmm. patriarchal society and masculine wounds in women, feminine wounds in men, right? I've worked with my own. That's another way to look at it. Yeah. You know, so then you are part of, we are both, you know, you are part of a wounded collective mm-hmm. that you are now sharing how you healed through those wounds. That is so good. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's- because I, I um, truly feel called to help heal the feminine, to help open up men and women to their feminine. But for a while there, in some form, I was prostituting the feminine in a way, you know? So, yeah. And that's, it's not even only is it your wound of course it is mm-hmm. but it's it's a wound inflicted by the, the collective because of the collective a cultural wound because mm-hmm. we grew up with that we grew yeah. up i grew up with images of women that were overly sexualized and mm-hmm. that would, my father an iraqi male as an archetype as a stereotype but it's it's somewhat true i have to admit mm-hmm. in that generation before like just hyper sexualized he divorced my mom at six and I just he just slept with women women after women mm. And honestly, at a young age, I did the same thing. I was just used women. I'm like, oh, you're either sex or a friend. I can't do both. Yeah. Mm. And 
that was a big wound in me that I mm. absorbed from my father, right? And that's right. a collective wound as well. Yeah, it is. So are the universal laws pretty much kind of the same thing? Yeah, codes of consciousness, universal laws. Yeah. You know, if you break down universal laws into, well, I mean, this is common knowledge now, vibration and frequency, it's mm -hmm. all energy that is interacting, right? There's mm -hmm. even, this is... Uh, well-known in spiritual circles, the seven laws of the universe, the polarity, mm -hmm. everything is vibration. There's a rhythm. There's a masculine, feminine harmony, and we could switch between both and body, both and every spectrum in between. The combinations are infinite. Mm -hmm. And when you start to understand these principles, you really start to embody the truth that every action, every reaction in your life, every condition, every choice, every aesthetic choice, every emotional choice, every every embodiment of yourself, it's all based on those principles. Mm -hmm. And when you truly not just cognitively understand them, but truly feel them and see the world through it. Which is then the spiritual mastery, right? That's the mastery. Mm -hmm. Then you literally look at the world as codes and not in a cold way, but right. in a beautiful way. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I can see your conditions. I honor you for that. I yeah. see how you grew up. I see how you're triggered. I see mm -hmm. how I'm triggered. Mm -hmm. And I'm like reacting to my girlfriend. And I'm like, what the, fr you yeah. know? And it's like, we, we do that dance. And then the mastery is just working with it. It's not even trauma anymore. It's just shadow to ignite light that then you dive into shadow and you ignite light and you actually can't obliterate the shadow. If there was no shadow, there'd be no light. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. so now you just realize, oh, it's actually just a dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So good. So I want to pivot a little bit. Um, I know you work a lot with your clients on this. I want to talk about how to overcome anxiety and ignite our purpose. I know that's um, something you have actually trademarked, right? Yeah. I believe yeah again making my lawyer happy it's uh <laughs> it's interesting working in this dimensional existence in the beginning i didn't yeah. want to trademark anything but you know i, I can't mm -hmm. bypass certain aspects of society mm -hmm. um overcoming anxiety the reason i paired those together is in working with clients over the last yeah, I'm curious this. yeah uh seven my practice has been alive for like seven years or so okay. and then before that i was a creative director and mm -hmm. art director so over the I don't know, thousands of sessions I've had so far, whether they're groups or individual sessions over the years, at a, let's say after your awakening, it's like that stage. And I write about that in the different seven stages of someone's healing. After your awakening, you're still left with it just because you're awake and you're conscious of the way the universe works and God mm -hmm. works and you're kind of with it and you're like seen as they say outside of the matrix. You're like, oh, snap, this is like, it's all conditioned society and wounded mm -hmm. society. And it's no longer just about me. We're a one collective. And when you feel the truth and you're beyond, you're, you're like deep in the knowledge, you're still kind of questioning your direction because mm -hmm. you don't, you don't even want to be part of the old society. Oh, like even more because you, yeah. you, you know how important it is. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, it's number one, no, your mission. It, you like you like you and I. I know for sure. Like you woke up and you were like, "I need to go in this direction." There's no plan B. I'm, mm -hmm. I have to do this. Like you, I I can feel you. You can't do anything else. You're like, "This is my mission." Obviously, you evolve and iterate, and you're like, "I'm just. I this is, I can't do anything else. This is it now." And same with me. It's not a choice. And in the beginning of that journey, you're suffering from a shit ton of anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
you're just like, even though you think you're, you're, I, again, the ego, you're spiritual, you're with it, you know all this wisdom and knowledge from the universe, you're still like waking up every morning going like, ah, I don't want to be in this job anymore. Why do I, I have to get a paycheck and then you have money blockages and then you're like, I don't want to be part of it. I'm spiritual. You start judging your family, you start judging everyone. <laughs> you start segregating everyone, thinking you're special. And I'm realizing, or I recognize after that stage, that is an important stage in someone's evolution to not get stuck there for life. And a lot of, some people do, they just get stuck in that cycle. They're just in the spiritual information, but they're Mm -hmm. not really healing the wounds. They think that being, and I've been there too. So I'm speaking Mm -hmm. from experience, no judgment. They think that, okay, I've, I've witnessed God, the source. I am now prime supreme. I understand everything, but they're still suffering from money. They're still not entirely grounded. They still don't have a clear direction. They're stuck in a job that they don't want to be a part of, or they're they're starting their own mission, but they're mm-hmm. stuttering with it. Like it's like eh, go mm, mm-hmm. boom, and I'm recognizing a grounded. Um, it's necessary to ground mm-hmm. yeah. so you don't get lost. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So yeah. I created a program called Overcoming Anxiety and Igniting Purpose, where in five weeks we'll time warp through it in your body. We'll somatically embody the programming the codes of your algorithm your trauma your past and integrate it into your body so then by the end of it you're walking in it you're bathing in it and there's no plan b Mm. then then you move forward then go write the business plan then you have a clear direction then honestly after this program most of my clients don't need to pick up another spiritual book they're like what do i need to read i'm just connected let me download that's it Mm. like then they stop reading in a good way. They're just like, I don't need to read anyone else's book. I'll write my own. So it's like, then they're just connected and, and moving forward in a clear direction. Then they work on the tangible stuff, like figure it out. Yeah. And I want to um, actually read a review from one of your clients, because when I read this, I felt like someone took that in my brain and wrote something on his website because I resonated with it so much. So he says, and I believe it's from this specific program. He says, before the program, I was deeply resisting my path, constantly feeling like I needed more training, more certifications, or some mystical experience to truly shift my own self-worth. This subconscious heavy presence of feeling like a fraud weighed on me more than I knew. Now I truly feel like I can guide others the way I've been guided. This program changed my life because it changed me. It helped me fully embody and take ownership of who I am. I realized I was far more powerful than I had even imagined. His results while in the program, he got out of his own way, aligned with his power and purpose as a gifted healing practitioner, empowered confidence in his divine abilities, and now has the clarity to build his own guidance program for his ideal clients. So I I resonated with this so much because the part about feeling like a fraud, um, I feel like there's something to that when we are so um, in it, like in the work that we never truly feel like we've made it like to this enlightenment Mm -hmm. place. And I know for me, um, I felt like I needed to be, I needed to have this clear cut initiation. Like it had to be an initiation from spirit and it had to be like, like no questions asked. I've been initiated. A shaman put the crown on my head and put oil all over my body. And now I, now 
I can lead others. Like that's how it felt for me. And I felt like until that moment that I would feel like a fraud. So, um, and it's not because I don't do the work or because I don't have some sort of spiritual understanding or I don't have the intuitive abilities. There was just, I, for some reason I felt like, let me just do one more training. Let me just, I need some sort of certification to put on my website. And so I'm curious where you feel that comes from. Um, and for this client specifically, like, what do you, what was it in your course that healed this for him? I know it's situational and you're not him, so you can't really speak specifically for him, but you probably have a general idea. Well, that's Ragdan. I'm going to give a shout to Ragdan. He's yeah. a, a divine soul doesn't cover it. The dude's, mm. he's gifted, gifted. Mm. Well, I say gifted. I can he's, tell. By, he's, know, he's, everyone's gift. He's, he's claimed his gift. He claimed mm. it. He's just like, damn right. Mm. This is it. That's it. Yeah. Everyone's gifted. It's just, are you claiming it? Right. Yeah. So the work with Ragdan and with all of my clients, it's mm -hmm. again, somatic embodiment. He cognitively knew it, studied all these principles, considered himself to a master, understood it all, taught people already, but still again, not embodied. Mm. We, in the beginning, in the beginning in our society, depending of course on your entryway, I too had an initiation. I actually mm. didn't mention that, but I'll talk about that a bit later, but it literally was an activation. Mm -hmm. But it, there's infinite spectrums, infinite ways to be activated. It could be a slow drip. It could be a dis-ease like me that then activated a dimensional portal. Again, I'll talk about, about mm -hmm. that later. But it, or, like, or anyone else that had their own mini activations multiple times and then mm -hmm. have a deep integration when they dive into their body themselves. What Ragnan learned how to do in my program is master his own somatic connection to go deep on his own, period to master the feeling of embodiment one drip at a time. Mm. And that's what it is, somatic embodiment. So mm -hmm. we worked together for like four or five months. It was like, and he's still a mentee of mine. I, I have a coaching academy. Now he's joined the coaching academy to like build his own practice. So it's like, boom, like somatic embodiment one day, day two, week two, week three, you know, day 21, mm -hmm. day 22. And you're just literally feeling closer, leaning into the shadow, crying more honestly, releasing more, going deeper, releasing more, going deeper, feeding the power, finding the fuel, amplifying your fuel, amplifying your heart biofield. And it's literally like step by step. You're imagine, I mean, like, you know, when we work out, you think you can get abs of steel in one week? No, there's a progression. Build muscle, progressive overload, work on your diet, work on mm -hmm. how many calories you're taking, work on also the type of workout. What, what are you doing to the muscles? Rip them to let them expand. We're honestly doing the same thing with your cells and your heart. It's, it's the same principle, which is also a principle of the universe. As mm -hmm. above, so below. As below, so above. Whether we're working with our physical muscles or energetic connection to God, it requires the same ripping mm -hmm. and resilience. And when someone does that, rip, resilience, amplify, strengthen, rip, resilience, amplify, strengthen, that's when they amplify their sensitivity. It's like you learn to listen more. Like imagine living life where you could only listen to 1,000 hertz of data, of, of sound. I'm just talking that tangibly. Mm -hmm. And then over a, a conscious practice, you're growing to 1,100, 1,500, 2,000, 9,000. 20,000 and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can feel everyone, you know, and it just, it's infinite. 
because mm. the spectrum's infinite. So when someone like Ragdan or anyone commits to a practice, whatever practice that is, on their own or with anyone, then you dive into more data, more information, more embodiment of it, where it's no longer even data. It's no longer knowledge. It's no longer a belief. It's like, <gasps> there's, this is, that's it. I feel it. There's, you can't even take it away from me. That's mm. it. And when someone does that, essentially what's happening, go back to the algorithm of God, they're owning their codes. They're owning their literal vibrational destiny and essence of how they have been coded mm-hmm. throughout all of these conditions and throughout time and their ancestors. Mm-hmm. And when you own that, like you owning your feminine, owning what you share even in the masculine, owning how you share that with this beautiful feminine essence, but with that curiosity and intellect, and that's your code. Mm. Beautiful. When you own that, mm-hmm. you are healed. You are then, you can there share it with clarity, confidence, focus, and power. Then you just practice, you just communicate it. Mm-hmm. You iterate it. Mm-hmm. It's like right now, even in my, one of the best compliments I get, and I'm always flattered on in my Instagram is like, how do you always just talk so clearly? And I'm like, I'm just in my heart. There's nothing scripted. Mm, It's just, I'm just like. That was a struggle of mine. Yeah. You're just, and that's all I teach people. I'm like, you're just in your heart. Don't own my codes. You own your codes. Mm -hmm. I've talked about, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it. I've talked about plenty of times um, before starting this podcast that I didn't feel intellectual enough. I didn't feel um, smart enough. And then um, I had a vision where a rainbow was coming. There was no activity up here. Rainbow was coming out of my heart into a microphone and then spreading. And and so I chose in that moment, I'm starting a podcast and I'm just speaking from my heart. But I, I want to talk about the term somatic embodiment. So somatic means body, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so a couple of weeks or a few months ago, I had an activation, some sort of initiation, um, where this light entered my body. And, um, if anyone wants to hear the whole story, they can go back to the very first episode of this podcast, the trailer, but the, um, the interpret the, as I was integrating it from my guide, it was spirit and body merging. So feminine and masculine merging, and that was becoming embodied. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guide said, you didn't know what embodied meant prior to this. You, 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 you thought embodied meant like, um, like fully like taking on an information, I suppose, is what I thought it meant. Like I, en- I embody that because I walk it, you know? Um, and so is that pretty much your definition of somatic embodiment? Absolutely. Again, okay. it's like when you first get that download of information, like we're talking to a spiritual community of yours, right? Mm-hmm. So they get it. It's like you get that download, that intelligence, you feel it to be true. It's beyond belief. And now it's like, it's just beginning, like imagine it like an animation. I want to do a show one day, I swear. I'm just going to stuff in 3D. Also, it's like the creative director. I mean, like, this would be a good show if we just animated this shit and people could understand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, imagine it seeping into your cells, that data, which it is. It's literally like coming at you from all of the, all of this. Mm-hmm. And then that's in your cells. That's just the beginning. People think that's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just, they just entered you. Are you going to, it now takes experience literally in this dimensional timeline to embody and integrate that teaching 
mm-hmm. and then literally walk and bathe in the no longer knowing of it, but the just mm-hmm. embodiment of it. Mm-hmm. You become a vibrational, let's get quantum, like meta here. You become a vibrational walking hologram of it. You just, you are literally embodying the light of it and you're mm-hmm. emanating it. Everything you express, everything you write, everything you do, how you do things, how you perceive things, you've shifted your entire reality, quite literally, like mm-hmm. internally and then outwardly. And then you share those codes back into the collective to continue and train that new frequency. It's just sound, right? So mm-hmm. that's like society was like this. Here comes Jade. Boom. Now you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's a bad diagram. You dig it. <laughs> really bad. I can't, obviously not very coordinated today. But like societies like this, yeah. here comes Jade. And then all of a sudden you entrain together and then you start entraining a new frequency in your followers. How beautiful. Mm-hmm. Same here. Mm-hmm. And same thing happened to me with my activation during my disease. Very long story short, essentially in 2014 2015 i moved into a new loft in brooklyn and it was like after my divorce after all that was behind me started a new life had no furniture left everything with my ex-wife she just she got everything blessings to her it's all good (laughs) and then um i i long story short i dove into deeper meditations Mm -hmm. i recognized the somatic practice that i was now mastering at that time i'm like oh i think i can astral project on my own now i feel Mm -hmm. that possibility mm-hmm. i just literally practiced it i fasted all the time like not constantly but i i, I was obsessed about mastering my body at the time mm-hmm. with spirit together integrated i was like yeah. i can't just be in spirit and not master my body right. so let's mm-hmm. work out let's eat really well let's super clean up everything like vibrate high and ground mm-hmm. that was very it wasn't just vibe high yeah. i was like let me integrate it all boom astral projected yeah went into another dimension Mm -hmm. saw another being with a black globe and these black pyramids coming out of it Mm. this being they placed my hand on it and they said here's the wisdom of the universe boom i woke up and my instagram changed i just started writing when i never Mm. did that before and then that was it that's beautiful. I have to actually be careful. Um, I can't really do my practices in the evening because I mm. typically end up in another astral plane mm. and then it's too activating. I can't go to sleep. After oh, that. Yeah. So I have, I, I have to keep my stuff in the morning. Um, but that's really cool. What was the, why do you think, was there, what's to the symbolism of the black pyramids and the black um, globe? You know? To me, I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I've never even talked about it. For some like reason, that. the pyramids, I thought of work with ISIS. Um, yeah. It w- the being I felt I connected to was called Sashat. I didn't recognize that till I woke up and I'm like, Sashat. And I'm like, who the hell is that? I have no mm-hmm. idea. You know, it's like I woke up, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that was them, whoever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like a feminine being. Um, had this kind of leopard print texture on her mm. and she was like super tall and I was mm-hmm. she was like 50% taller than me this being and I was just like on this desert globe of a landscape the pyramids to me felt like a black void of data that was so infinite it was black because it was just it was like filled yeah. with everything if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah it does but they manifested it in a way that was tangible to me, which is yeah. something physical at the time, mm-hmm. a sphere that I could mm-hmm. touch. 
And they did that. I felt I'm actually just channeling this now because I never actually knew this. Mm -hmm. They did that for my benefit so I could tangibly recognize Mm -hmm. it. Otherwise, at that state of consciousness for me, I probably I would have gotten lost or gone crazy. I've been like, what am I in this? What is this? Feels like three-dimensional show beyond a three-dimensional show. I don't even know what it is. So then when I woke up, I think it was several weeks later, I had another download where I was floating like 45 degrees and this felt, this was like a kinesthetic. It wasn't even a dream. It was like, uh, what's the, it was auditory. It was like kinesthetic. I was like 45 degrees floating wings behind me Mm. and it was flapping in wind. And it was, it was like um, the angel Gabriel is a download I got, but I never Mm. followed angels before in my life Mm -hmm. ever. Like not really. I mean, I grew Mm -hmm. up Catholic, but I was never into like angel cards or Mm -hmm. angels. And um, that was a huge download for me too at that time. Mm. And I had a uh, a vision of their copper halo and the night, that's a long story. I don't want to digress. The night before I essentially hung a black feather that I found in the loft when I moved in, there was nothing in that loft except for a Mm. huge black feather. And I hung it with a copper nail because I was building some furniture with copper nails. And then I get a download that night in this vision of Angel Gabriel. And then I look it up and Angel Gabriel has a copper halo. And I'm like, whoa, that's wow. And I was like, whoa, I'm not into any of this stuff, but I'm into it. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. but yeah, sorry, I digress. But no, yeah, that I was, love all of it. That was my activation and how hmm. that kind of really seeped into my life. Yeah. And I know with these, especially these sorts of activations, grounding is so important that we don't get stuck out there um oh and, that's the embodiment right and so and you've brought up grounding a couple of times so i want to ask how how can we ground in a way that helps us become more calm and live in the now mm. again it's this is what this practice taught me to finish that thought that's actually related to your question now when i downloaded that that was knowledge and I was downloading truth and wisdom and universal laws that I never read a book on before in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I started integrating it into my life and teaching it, like writing about it. But I wasn't embodying it. I was still, this is the struggle of anyone on this path. Mm-hmm. You download the information, you download truth, you think that's it. And then you try to integrate in your life and everything is disrupted. You're, you still have to deal with your trauma. You still have to deal with reprogramming your program. You still have to deal with your issues with, I still had issues with money at the time from working in advertising, making half a million dollars and then making nothing. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. crap, how do I do that? And start to integrate all this into my relationship, the wounds from my marriage and now dating again. And I'm still, my trauma's coming up, my triggers coming up, my issues with sex are coming up. Like all of it's coming up again in like some tornado. And to answer your question, somatic embodiment. Just because I downloaded it didn't mean that was it. It's like, great, here it is. Now here's the test. Integrate it. Mm -hmm. Integrate it. Without learning to integrate that knowledge into your body, I don't mean just mind, your body and mind. Mm -hmm. Integrate that spirit to take in spirit, to take in breath, to be inspired, inspiration. Without somatic embodiment, you're not grounded. So Mm -hmm. it's the somatic, like the heart breath practice that I actually tangibly teach people to like breathe in, breathe out through the nose, lower the brain waves. Here's the steps. So four Mm -hmm. seconds in through the nose, four seconds out, lower the brain waves, release Mm -hmm. the tension in your feet, work your way up, 
ankles, like feel them planted on the ground now on my floor. At least tension my stomach, holding our stomach in all day. At least mm-hmm. tension my shoulders, my quads, my fingertips. Yeah. And as you do this, like literally, then your heart opens up. Mm. Then you can ground yourself in the energy of all of you. Then you could tangibly ground yourself in it, not go up into the sky, ground yourself in spirit. You're grounding yourself in the ether because you're not separate from the ether. The ether was never outside of you to begin with. It's not even up in the sky. It is you. You are ether formed Mm -hmm. into perceived matter. When you really integrate this presence in your body that I'm not going off into space, I am in space. Like the earth is floating in space, Mm -hmm. revolving around a giant ball of fire (laughs) in space. Mm -hmm. And that is integrated in the quantum in space, inside of space, inside of space, inside of the atom. And when you literally, like, um, this is the shortcut to my program, but when you literally embody this feeling, feeling, tangible vibration in your body after weeks and months, you're just, you do this every day like anyone does a workout, you're bathing in yourself, Mm. period. Like you're just bathing in yourself with a capital S. Yeah. And then that's the grounding. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And you, you brought up in the beginning of that, you know, finances. And that was the next thing I wanted to go in to with you. Um, you have a financial flow course and I, I feel like I've always had money blockages my whole life. Um, grew up pretty poor, but my mom made it as feel like, um, you know, she could turn something that was a dollar, make it look like it cost a hundred dollars because we just took care of our things so well. Um, but everything was expensive to us, you know, and um, mm. I looked at my early stories around money and I remembered her boyfriend wouldn't let me wash my hair because he said shampoo was too expensive and I couldn't shower every day because the water was too expensive. And mm. so there's even like those basic things that like, to me were too expensive, you know, and so um you know, there's so many stories there around the blockages that came on early on in my life, but I want to hear from you what the main blockages are with money that you feel holds people back. I mean, you just called it out. I grew up with the same thing. It's conditioning from childhood, mm-hmm. period. I mean, that seems broad in a spectrum, but it's just the codes. Like I grew up immigrant Filipino mother, single mom, schizophrenic, or as Western medicine mm-hmm. labeled them, schizophrenic. Um, my dad was on welfare, left my mom at six. He didn't have any money. Obviously my mom had to work her ass off to put food on the table and she couldn't even mm-hmm. afford a babysitter. So she's like, here's a couple of bucks, get a pizza, mm-hmm. six years old, seven Very years old. Very similar story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go get a pizza, go to that bar across the street, get a burger with the bartender whose name was Phil. And he, he'd protect me. He's like, okay, let's just give you a burger. It's cool. You're cool. You're fine. And I'd talk to all the guys in there drinking their Bud Light or whatever, you know, their, their Canadian beers. And um, all of that conditioned me around money when my mom was like, oh, we can't do that. That's expensive. Mom, I'd like, no, we can't do that. That's expensive. Oh, look at all those rich people over there. They're rich. Mm-hmm. They're different than you. They're different than us. You know, and it starts to condition you 
mm-hmm. in, in a way that programs you about your belief about the money. My money program course, Financial Flow, I feel is one of my most important courses spiritually, even though when I launched it last year, I got a lot of flack from my community. They were like, they looked at me, some spiritual teacher, how dare you talk about money in this dimension? And I'm like, great, there's the wound. Yeah. Period. There's the wound. We are the in this. I think it's like enlightened to be poor. Yeah. And it is, I'm like, that it's is one thing if you're storing up and not giving, you know, because yeah. that's a that's great. That's a different way. Yeah. And we don't need too much. I need just enough for what I need. Right. Like mm-hmm. I live a very wealthy life. What's wealth mm-hmm. to me? I can buy anything I want in cash for my lifestyle. I'm not buying mm-hmm. $10 million homes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can live nomadically. I can build a camper truck and cash the way I want. I could, you know, rent any house I want. And that's wealth to me. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. me overcoming my, my money traumas, collective money wounds around a greedy society that started honestly in this dimension selling land. That's the beginning yeah. of it. I could, mm-hmm. I could get really, this is a whole other conversation, but yeah. like our money wounds in this dimensional reality mm-hmm. lay around humans stealing land and then selling it and being like, I, I, don't, I own Gaia. This is mine. And then what happens with the land ownership? I have to barter for it eventually. It's like either mm-hmm. livestock, stock in your holding stock in your cow or in your pig or in your chicken, or then mm-hmm. eventually gold, something we find of value that people mm-hmm. find from another country that they raped and pillaged. So this is all connected to wounded, mm-hmm. a sinning human, an off-centered human who's disconnected mm-hmm. from source, God. We're mm-hmm. sinning, right? So we're, and then those wounds are the wounds that we're growing up with around money. Why we, why we, why we lavish it, or why we throw it around, why we brag about it, why we like bling it out, and the way I grew up in like MTV, or like why we, you know, the society that has to sell everything and buy everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, my money course is like, I actually did an Instagram yeah. video about this. I'm like this, and everyone that's in my money courses, I know this. It's not about money, right? We're not in this course to own. About removing the blockage and the healing. It's about healing. Mm -hmm. And when they're in it after week two, they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, yep, welcome. Mm. Are you going to make more money? Of course you are, because now you're unblocked. Mm -hmm. You will build whatever wealth you desire and then Mm -hmm. share it. Mm -hmm. You want to build a new currency system that's more fair? Do it. Then that's Mm -hmm. how we heal from the inside out. Not by, I'll say this very loudly for people in the back, as they say, not by bypassing it. We're not healing the world by bypassing money. So, mm-hmm. sorry, that was long-winded. No, that's good. To yeah. answer your question, what are the biggest money blockages? Mm-hmm. This perception that money is something outside of you. That's the biggest blockage, that it is something to obtain, that it is something to work for, because that's the way our society bred you to. When you recognize that money is just a wounded expression of self-worth within this wounded collective, and you heal your worthiness of your love and self within God, then you will manifest any value you feel fit. And Mm. even if, especially if that wound is, I don't want to be part of it. I don't, I don't want to be separate from it. I don't, I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't align with money. I'm like, great. There's the wound as well. Yeah. That, that wound hasn't, um, I always give about, uh, somewhere around 20% of what I make away. And so I've never had this, like, I must be poor because I always think the more I get, the more I get to give. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
my money, this is the first year I've ever, and I'm, you know, going on 37 this year. This is the first year I've ever actually felt financially stable. Um, And my, you know, one of my dreams as a parent was to put my kids through Montessori. And I worked so hard to be able to get to that point. Um, But I still, I still know that I'm not, it's not exactly comfortable. It's still like, Oh my God, how, okay. I still need to be able to afford the Montessori in a couple of months. And so I'm working on removing those blockages. And I know that mine, because I, I've, I'm now aware of those blockages early on in childhood. And what I want to work on is not passing those down to my kids. So the first question there is how do we talk to our kids about money um, that it still gives responsibility around spending. But then also um, I think my money blockage currently is that fear of that I'm avidly working on removing um, that fear of it continually coming in and clients coming in and it being consistent. Mm. Can I offer you something? Yeah. Aside from just answering the question, mm-hmm. do you mind? Yeah, of course. Let's do this right now. Do you mind? Just take a deep breath. Okay. Four or five seconds in through the nose, eyes open, actually. The way I teach, it's eyes open so we can learn to do this throughout your day. When we mm-hmm. do it, eyes closed, beautiful. Different mm-hmm. practice needed to. It is. I don't do that in my practice because that's at a certain point we then can only do it when your eyes are closed. I like means, that because I actually see more when my eyes are closed than when they're open. So this is actually yeah, and it me. begins to become a crutch because we're like, oh, but I don't. I have kids. I'm at work. I have this podcast thing. I have this business thing here. I got this meeting here. I got this. I got to then have fun. You know, just no one has the damn time. No one makes the time. So when you start to remove eyes closed everything changes Mm. you integrate it throughout life so eyes open four or five seconds in through the nose four or five seconds out and just as i said you 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 dig it quickly we don't need to take a long time here Mm -hmm. release attention your feet your ankles your knees your calves your thighs your hips even your waist just feel the presence of your legs and the weight sink deeper into your chair Sink deeper into the ground. Four or five seconds in, in through the nose and out. Release the tension in your torso, your rib cage, your chest, your shoulders, your biceps, triceps, forearms, wrists. I'm here doing it too. Fingertips, your fingernails, wrinkles in your hands. Release the tension, find that deep breath. Now release the tension and dive into that space inside of your torso. Like there's space in there, inside of your lungs, outside of your lungs. I mean, around your kidneys, in your blood vessels. Just dive somatically, dive into that energy in your body. And just feel the spaciousness of all of it inside of you, even the air outside of you even inside of your cheeks, behind your eyes, your hair, your lips, your ears, my favorite inside of my cheeks, my gums, even behind your ears. You said something now that you need to continue to work on it and you're committed to it. I feel it, I see it, beautiful. Long, so deep breath. What if you release that right now that you don't need to work on anything in this now moment? Use your body. Just for now, just for now. Feel this in your body. 
You don't need to work on anything. In this moment, just feel the tensions of your perceptions about it. Even with money and just feel it as a texture. Does that make sense before I go on? Mm-hmm. Like it's just a texture. Mm-hmm. There might be a little anxiety over next month or like you said, schools are expensive. Mm-hmm. Expensive. Long, slow, deep breath. Now we're not doing this to magically, well, we are, but I'll get into that later. We're not doing this to magically manifest money right now. Long, slow, deep breath. This is the meditation as I speak. Feel this in your body so you feel the frequency of what I'm saying. You're not just listening to me. Long, slow, deep breath. We're doing this to become embodied and present in a now moment where you feel the foundation of stability. Where you feel the foundation of clarity, even in the clarity of whatever comes up in anxiety and tension. So just be clear and focused and stable in how you feel in your body right here, right now. Long, slow, deep breath. Before I go on, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And as you feel this more times throughout your day, long, slow, deep breath, then you make decisions based on this energy, not one of lack. You search for solutions based on this energy, not one of I still need to. You already are doing Long, slow, deep breath. This is not a concept. This is what we're talking about as a beautiful example of somatic embodiment of the truth in this now grounded. Long, slow, deep breath. Release attention in your shoulders, your eyes, your ears. Moment. And here's where you look at your bank account. Here's where you send an email to someone client or something you've been holding back on here's where you get an inspired idea of who to contact potential business deal something a project here's where you recognize you forgot to send an invoice to someone here's where you feel the apprehension of moving forward with another project or idea that could also bring in more money long slow deep breath here's where you negotiate differently you charge more Here's where you restructure any part of your business to bring money in starting tomorrow in a different way. Long, slow, deep breath. Does that resonate? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. In this moment, this is half of it now, before we end. Long, slow, deep breath. A lot of people stop here thinking it's just energy work. No. Now you need to make decisions and now build the structure. Now look up the business plans. Now look at your business, the way it's structured and how to actually pivot, how to shift, hire a specific business coach to do that. Call your banker, hire a financial advisor, look up some programs online or download an app to start saving a bit more. You combine both, but you start with this, with a solid, stable foundation, then you build wealth. Because you're not operating from lack and you're not bypassing the energy or the physical decisions and actions you need to take. Then you go make more money. Do this consistently. This is how people make more money in my programs or any other program they're in, any other way of life. The wealthiest people in the world, are make, they're just doing this 
automatically. They grew up with this level of stability around money. Their family grew up with this level of stability energetically in their heart. They're like, oh, we have money. It's easy to make money. We have processes to make money. We have businesses to make money. Then they're already in this vibe. That's why they build more wealth. The wealthy, the rich, quote unquote. Long, slow, deep breath. We're still in it. All we're doing now is emanating this that many of us grew up without because of the wounded collective around money. Beautiful. Does that resonate? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that felt like I've never done hypnotherapy before, but it felt like hypnotherapy, <laughs> if I could imagine it, because I, it became to where I could only see you. I couldn't see the computer. I couldn't see my blinds behind you, the computer. Couldn't see anything but you, but surrounded around you were what looked like coding. And mm. um, I also felt like most of the tension was in my solar plexus. Like mm. really, like something was stuck there. Um, and as I continued to breathe, and it almost feels sore where it was, but as I continued to breathe, it felt like that expanded. Um, mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But that's it. It's, I'd say a lot of people say that, is it like hypnosis? I mean, it's kind of like it. The only difference, the, the distinction I make between hypnosis and my specific work or the method is that many times, not all the time, but with hypnosis, the practitioner is imposing or inserting a thought or belief in your body, in your mind. Mm -hmm. What we're doing here is just inserting you into your own truth of how the universe works. That's it. It's, yeah. this is your truth, which after a while, like with all my clients, I kick them out of my programs. If they're in too much, I'm like, I'm not your crutch. Go sovereignty, take a month or two or a year off, yeah. then call me back. If you need, you'll find out maybe then you don't need it. Like, yeah. or you amplified a different level, which that happens mm -hmm. too. A client takes a year off, they've elevated to another level. Now I'm mm -hmm. like, great. Now this is the foundation, but mm -hmm. it's just about consistency just like anything, then we forget that with the quote unquote energy work. Mm -hmm. It's about repetition and it's about integration of both polarities, the energy mm -hmm. and the physicality. We can't just do both. Many mm -hmm. people take a money course in the mind, then they're still not integrating the body. Many people take energy work for money, but they're not taking the money course for the mind. So then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, you need to integrate both. Then you mm -hmm. build wealth. Yeah. So good. So I want to talk about that addictive crutch of consuming the content that you just brought up, but what would you say um, to parents listening? Cause that is something that I think we say to our children all the time is every time we go to the store, they want something though, you know? So we're like, you know, we either say, no, that's too expensive or like, no, we're not going to spend our money on that. What would you say is the um, best thing that like gives them the concept of responsibility around money, but doesn't give them that limitation? What would be the phrase? You would this is a great question. Value. Talk to them about the value of the item for them. Mm. Not the value, a generalized value that you're imposing onto it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have money for it. That's your value. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about the reality of the value of the item in two ways. I actually have talked about to some clients about this with their children. So I love this question. But it's about value for you in, in society that great, this costs, I don't know, this Xbox costs, how much does it cost these days? I actually have no idea. 500 bucks? 400 bucks? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I'm like I see. Or a game-free house, so. Yeah, my nephews are in there playing right now with headphones. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> but it, yeah, they're playing like this insane video game. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this looks so real. Um, but no, talk about the value in society 
Like how much is this? Talk about the value honestly. Well, right now, this is not something we currently have the money for. And then talk about the value for them. Like how much is this? Like why do you find value of this in your life? And then let's talk about whether or not this is possible. Just because mm. it's not possible now doesn't mean it's not possible in the future. You mm. could build your own wealth as a child. Like you could, when you start working and when you could build your own and, and purchase whatever you want or as I continue to work through it, then, you know, if, if and when I can afford it, then just talk about it honestly in, mm. th- in what I say three different levels of value. Your value, the child's value, and society's value. When a child can integrate, oh, it's not just you, and you're not imposing your conditioning on me, we're talking about rationally, like, oh, this is the way society works, that child's going to go up with a very healthy understanding of money, value, and building their own wealth and property and and owning Mm. the stuff that they would want to purchase. Yeah, And maybe they don't even want it at that point. Many times my clients have talked to their children. They're like, oh, okay, I don't really need it anymore. You know, they they understand the value is something more outside of them. Mm -hmm. I'll say that is like, that's the key to work with your children. The other thing I'll caveat that by saying, this is a bit more meta, more for, again, people like you and I, not not all parents, it depends on where anyone is and their journey. You can't avoid the conditioning you're going to impose on your child. That's part of the code. That's part of God. That's you, even you trying to change it is already part of a code. Do you right. feel me? It's like you, mm-hmm. you're already part of a code of growth mm-hmm. in your own ascension, and you're committed to that growth. Mm-hmm. So you're now sharing that growth in this program, in this podcast, in your work with people. Beautiful. Now you're sharing that growth with your child. You see, it's it's like you. you and your, your, your child's still going to learn good and bad from that conditioning as well. He or she or they are going to have to like... That's really good. They're going to have to resolve or figure out their own reaction to even this conditioning. Do you feel me? Mm-hmm. It's like, even though this is a positive condition, they mm-hmm. could absorb it positively or they could repel from it. That's their mm-hmm. karma. Karma just meaning cause and effect of all of this coding. It's like... Mm-hmm. That's their journey. So beautiful. Just allow it all and do it is what you're charged to do. What it is you are literally, you can't help but doing, but help teach this to your children. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then after that, let go. Does that resonate? I love thinking of it as that's part of the code because so many parents, I think, also struggle with forgiving themselves for choosing the other child's parent as the parent, you know, Um, or some, I know a lot of mothers who struggle with the fact that they weren't aware. And so they circumcised their son or they vaccinated or whatever mm-hmm. it was around health that they did. And, and then they have these injuries or they have, you know, whatever it is that they have shame around that. If you can think of it as that's the code, that's what their soul chose so that they could heal certain things in the future. That's really beautiful. They're going to have to alchemize it on their own. Like mm-hmm. whether my mom was conscious of how she raised me, is irrelevant. That's mm-hmm. the way she was coded. Or again, I say this with love and compassion. That's the way of her conditioning. Right. She passed that on to me. That was for me to work out in my karma to mm-hmm. to learn from. Right. Honestly, it's like me running away from that. Remember what I was talking about with identity mm-hmm. and you with your even your your attraction and sexuality and intellect and curiosity. It's like mm-hmm. you can't help what you are running away from. You right. can't help what you're subconsciously running towards. You really yeah. like it's not like you woke up one day and like, I'm just going to go. No, you, you don't. You just kind right. of like, you're inspired, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think of that, remember, and I know you know this, but for people listening, remember your child is their own soul, just like you are. Right. Mm-hmm. When you really, as a parent, 
can truly embody that, mm-hmm. you will treat your child as a sovereign being. You'll be like, right. oh, okay, you do your, and even that, even that, you think that's the most divine path? That'll condition them as well. It's all part mm-hmm. of the algorithm. Yeah, so good. <laughs> really good. So we only have a couple of minutes left. I wanted to see if we could fit in the part about consuming content as an addictive crutch, because I think I think that is really important. I've been talking a lot about this on my Instagram because I have a lot of followers that are just following some a dear soul, beautiful soul, just DM me this morning, asked me like a ton of questions. And I'm like, I just can't do it here on a DM. I'm sorry. He's like, I don't understand why. I'm like, I just, number one, I'm not the only one managing this account. I actually have a team. So it's like, we, we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. If you have a question about enrolling in a program or working with me, I can, obviously this is a business. That's yeah. as much time as I can give. And, and, and people are looking for a lot of information. And then I even asked this person i'm like what are you going to do with the information he's like what do you mean i'm just want to resolve the thought in my head i'm like so you know so you're reading a book and i said it with love i'm like do you what do you want to resolve he's like i just want the information i'm like no one really just wants the information without them knowing it or not they want to resolve something i've had people at parties when and mm. brooklyn was open right they, they don't people at parties would flock to me about meditation questions because my friends would know and they'd be like oh go talk to phil literally people just flock and i'd be like this isn't about meditation what's wrong with your life like, mm. what's the problem that you want to solve? Mm. Marriage, relationship, sense of self-worth, identity, career, something, some projected, like, no, 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 I just want to master meditation. Like, why do you not feel at peace? Mm-hmm. Why? Do you, and I start asking those questions instead of teaching people meditation. Here's the problem with consuming information. What are you trying to solve without actively working on the problem like anything in life and, mm-hmm. and doing it consistently? You're literally just taking in boatloads of information, but you're Mm -hmm. not actually embodying it or practicing it. It's just Mm -hmm. like reading books. I love Mm -hmm. books. I'm writing a few myself. I've hesitated for years, honestly, because I'm like, books, of course, are a beautiful entry point. We need them. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But at a certain point, people get addicted to all this information that's also free on the internet and social media. And then literally they contact me two years later and they enroll in the program. They're like, fuck, why that takes so long? I just was spinning my wheels for two, three years, Mm -hmm. reading, absorbing every video, listening to every podcast. And I'm like, yeah, did it get you anywhere? Did you take action? No, I stuck in that loop. I was stuck in that loop. I was stuck in a loop of absorbing information. They weren't doing anything with it. It's repetition. Mm -hmm. You want to solve a relationship? repetition in your consciousness money repetition in your consciousness body repetition in your body all of it repetition reading that's the only thing you're repeating Mm. yeah really good um thank you (laughs) (laughs) we've uh, come to the end and i want to we go through um there's a lightning round of questions that i ask at the end of every show so the first one is if you could hug your younger self right now what would you say if i could hug my younger self right now what would i say nothing it's a code i don't want to change i love the path i'm on Mm. right now it doesn't matter now here flat out meta it won't matter that younger mm-hmm. self will still have to work with the conditions as a response to that new data and that new data will influence for that information. Then they'll, mm-hmm. or even if they are, even if I was, it'll pivot me in a slightly like mm-hmm. little, like one degree path, but mm-hmm. it'll just, I'll still have to deal with conditions of that life. So mm-hmm. it actually doesn't matter. I wouldn't say a thing. Mm-hmm. I like that answer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you could have after what the what we just talked about this uh questions seems a bit funny but if you could have the whole world read one book which that's that's actually a hard question it's not about read one book there isn't again it's the same answer there isn't one book it is whatever resonates with you at that time in new york city i had honestly a huge library it was massive and i sold half of it kept some in storage for memorabilia and i i've read a lot to a certain point but at a certain point you just have to read what you your heart and mind are asking you to read at that moment and that will serve you period there's no one book because uh, even if I said it, let me just say this or one thing, mm-hmm. even if I told you a book right now, if it doesn't resonate with whoever's listening to this, they're not going to pick it up. It's like, you know, when someone gifts you a book and mm-hmm. then you don't even pick it up for years. Right. That's it's the same thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Does that make sense? I wait for uh, this might seem silly, but when I've been recommended a book three times, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, spirit is truly wanting me to pick up this book. Yes. Um, but- and I've definitely had that, too. This is such a timely conversation this last half of our talk because I just had to get rid of about 500 books because my house had mold. So to get rid of about 500 books, books that I had since high school, I had my notes in them, I wanted to pass them down to my daughter. And I weeped for days, for days because I, these books were my refuge, you know, they were my best friends. And there was this um, story that my best friend Tom told me about the the story of the damaged book with Rumi. Mm. Um, and it, basically it, it was believe that that wisdom is in you now, but it still was, it was so hard for me to get rid of. So this mm. talk has been really comforting. So thank you. Um, it is in you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. The last of lightning round, if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, <laughs> what would it be? Would you stay silent still? No, I, it's exactly what you said. I, apparently, I don't know if this is true. This is one of those things your family tells you, and you don't know if it's true, but Farid Din Al-Attar was an ancestor of mine, Attar, and he was apparently Rumi's mentor at the time, and oh. he said the same thing. So again, I don't know if it's true. You know how many Attars there are in the world? Who <laughs> uh, again, when my dad or uncle tells me that, I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. Sure, I believe you. But <laughs> the bottom line is this. It is really like the wisdom. Let me. I'll just say this for the last little part. All of the intelligence in the entire universe is you. It is within you. What you perceive is inside of you. What you perceive is in every cell. What you read is in every cell. What you've absorbed from someone else in the collective that wrote it from their own heart and mind was within their cells, within the collective cells and intelligence and quantum of this entire universe and God's life force. When you truly can embody that truth in your heart, all the intelligence in the universe is inside of you. Dive into that truth, breathe it in, embody it. You can write your own damn books. Mm. Thank you. That I'm this conversation. Um, I am glad. I'm so thankful for the coding that <laughs> brought us to this conversation because it is definitely, um, even if the microphones, you know, weren't on and we weren't recording, it was like this conversation changed my life just enough in itself. So I'm so thankful that you shared. Mm-hmm your gifts, um, where can people connect with you so that they can work with you? Uh, the easiest is Instagram at Philip That's P H I L I P A T T A R. I post there. And if you're really interested in my programs to check out my stories every day, that's kind of where I mm-hmm. promote them, talk about them, go a bit deeper into deeper dives and video. So just check out my stories on Instagram and then you'll, awesome. you'll know what's up. 
Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such an honor. What a blessing. And just yeah. um, getting that message from you from quote unquote out of the blue. I was like, nice coding. Let's let's see where this yeah. goes. Like, awesome. Oh, I am really, really thankful for that conversation, you guys. And, you know, I've tried to eliminate the word stress from my vocabulary because of the things we've talked about today. It's the number one killer. It lowers your vibrational state. But you, the last few weeks have been really hard. So I had been feeling, you know, a type of way. I'd been feeling overwhelmed and just spent. And this conversation was just what I needed. And I hope it had the same effect on you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much to me if you hit the subscribe button and left a review or shared an episode with a friend. These things mean so much. You can also join me on my Instagram page, Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.